lesson will be easy today. It's uh, Matthew chapter 6, uh, verses 14 and 15. Last week, I was in the book of Revelation. Oh, let me bring up real quick as we talk about the book of Revelation. Uh, there's some of these cards up here. Next sa- Sunday is our first combined, since I've been here, I should say, first combined Sunday service. I think some we are going to at least do on the fifth Sundays. Uh, Redeeming the times because the days are evil. Talk about current events coming up. Uh, there's some cards. If you pick them up, we've been handing them out, pass them out. Our goal is to pack the church afterwards. I believe we're having finger food. At least I've been telling people that. We may just have to spread peanut butter on our fingers and whatever. But that's a whole other subject there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so there's some cards up here. If you need to hand one to hand somebody, uh, uh, let's pack the church next Sunday night. It's next Sunday night. It's Sunday morning, too, but Sunday night. So, all right, moving on. Uh, Revelation 21.8 last week. It clearly says there that these people will not enter the kingdom of God. Uh, and we could debate on this, say, the whole salvation thing. That's a whole different thing. That will, if we get the Wednesday night rolling well, we will discuss that uh, one Wednesday night. Uh, it says, but the, the, uh, so these people are possibly not going to enter the kingdom of heaven. Uh, and this is the list that it gives you. Cowards, faithless, uh, desolates, murderers, sexually immoral people, sorcerers, idolaters. And it says all liars. I thought it was kind of neat. It was all liars on that. It says, these people will surely not enter the kingdom of God. And so on that is, uh, the Bible has this a couple times throughout it, uh, and I call them warning signs. Warning. If you're doing this, you may not enter the kingdom of God. And so so on this, Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 and 15, this is right after the Lord's prayer in Matthew 10, 11, 12, 13. Uh, if you would get original or as close as we can get to original Greek manuscript, the amen is not there. That's been added later, the amen at the end of the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer would have really went down to verses 14 and 15. So let me read that with you real quick. Uh, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. This is the Word of God for the people of God. How many sins can you enter heaven with? Zero. They all have to be wiped away by the blood of Jesus, correct? So in verse 15, when it says, but if you do not forgive the men of their trespasses, we'll put people there, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. If your sins are not forgiven, what happens? This is one of those good theological debates here. And so we got to understand that God, the, the scriptures are meant for us to change our life. Forgiveness is one of the hardest things that people have. And to be honest with you, I can probably only empathize with a lot of people. There is some people out there in the world that have been hurt badly. 
they have been, you know, they've had somebody uh, kill a family member or, or rape or sexually molest or, or a lot of other things. There's a lot of things going on. And I hear too often, I hear too often is, I'll never forgive that person. You are messing with your salvation when you're doing it. At least, at least according to Larry, you're messing with your salvation. Uh, there was a lady this week, which is kind of funny that I was uh, preaching. She's not from this church. She's from a previous church. And she had a son-in-law that she had a run-in with her son-in-law a long time ago. And uh, she says, I'll never forgive him. And one day this week, she contacted me and says, Larry, I'm tired of my fear of going to hell. I am, uh, I am forgiving him, and I have gone to see him. I talked to him, I know the son-in-law too, he said he about fell over. She knocked on the door and said, well, you mean need to get this straight. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for everything I've done. I'm sorry for all. And she, and she listed off. And, and, and the, the husband of the crowd, uh, her husband, he says it was just a joyous moment. It was just a joyous moment. We got to learn to forgive one another. We got to learn to do this. The best movie that I can come up with in the top of my head that talks about forgiveness is The Shack. Anybody have seen The Shack? Uh, it's a good movie. I highly recommend it. And the reason I guess that movie touches me so much is one of my top fears, one of my top probably first fears, maybe second fear, is somebody take one of my children and I have no idea what have ever happened to them. I mean, that, that would be worse than them dying or something else. How, how, how horrible that would be is that my child disappeared and go along. So know this, it's a side story, if I am with the church and your children, I am the guy that will constantly count and probably not sleep. Because I was one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five, yeah. I'm constantly counting to make sure those kids are, are there. Because uh, that's just a kind of fear of mine. And, and so we got to go along with this. So our whole thing is that, that we're going to change our lives. We're going to change our lives. That's what the Bible's about, is changing our lives. And so I was going along with this. I was supposed to be on a motorcycle ride yesterday, and I, and I didn't go. I was kind of in a funky mood, and I just didn't go. Tammy's off doing her thing with the Emmaus crowd. And so I do what I do a lot of times, when I don't feel like doing anything else, is I read the Bible. I mean, it's just kind of the thing I do. And, and I did this guy's Bible study, and then uh, Lynn, or Heather, excuse me, has given me another Bible on intercessory prayer, another book, I mean, on intercessory prayer. And I was reading those this week. So I changed the last half of the sermon because I am kind of a good doom and gloom guy. I'd make a good Baptist for fire and brimstone and hell. I'd make, I mean, I'm good with all that. Uh, and so we'll go along. But one of the things I come to realize is we're beat up enough in this world, are we not? We're beat up enough in this world. It's easy to pick verses to find that you're doing something wrong. It's easy to do that. But the question really is, and the reason we're really here today, what do I need to be due to be saved, receive salvation, and probably more importantly, to be healed? You know, in the early, early church, when I'm talking about the apostles, salvation in heaven was not that big of a deal. It was being healed and, and overcoming today's problems of going along. And, and so I come along with this list of things that we need to do. If you're one of those other lists, if you're dealing with an addiction, you're dealing with a sexual immorality, you're dealing with a forgiveness problem, you're dealing with anger, you're dealing with alcoholism, pornography, or whatever else, let me give you great news today. There is hope. There is hope of forgiveness. 
There's hope of forgiveness in this. And, and so what do we need to do? What do we need to do on this? Number one, this may sound old and cliche, but it's number one. You need to accept Jesus Christ. You need to be baptized. And, and you need to ask for forgiveness of your sins. Number one, and that sounds like we're in the church preach. We all know that. You know what? How many people I know, a lot of people have accepted Jesus Christ, but they don't have a relationship with Jesus. There's a difference from saying, Lord, Lord, I want you to be my king. I want you to be a thing. And I come down, I confess Jesus, I get baptized. Paul says, I become a new creation. I become a new creation. I cannot continue to live the old way. I cannot continue to live the old way. And, and so therefore, for those who do that, go along. You no longer have the excuse. Let me repeat this. You no longer have the excuse, well, that's the way God made me. I was born that way, and that's just the way I'm going to die. No, let, let's get honest here. On a theology, you were born into the devil. That's why you had to be born again into the spirit. Uh, God didn't make you that way. You learned to be that way, but God can transform you to be more like him if you choose to. If you choose to. So the excuse is no longer there. Well, you know what? I was just kind of an angry person when I was born. That's just the way. It, no, that, that's not going to cut it. It's not going to cut it anymore. You have to want to change. The problem is we like wallowing in our sin. I, I use this. I use it in another sermon, another place is medicine. Medicine. And, and this is just my life right here. You know, you go along and you, know, you go to the doctor and he says, man, your blood sugar is a little too high. But I'm going to give you this pill, but what you need to do is start drinking more water, quit eating some processed food, eat more fruits and vegetables, and exercise more, and then maybe in six months we can get you off this medicine. Well, no, I take the medicine, everything else is good to go. And then two years later, they're giving you more medicine, you got fatter and bigger and they're heavier and heart problems and all that, we keep curing with medicine. When the real cure is a lifestyle change. How many of us are lying on the grace of God and we rely on the grace of God because we don't want to change our life? We need to have a lifestyle change. And it all starts with accepting Jesus Christ, being baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and starting a new life, a new life with Christ. Uh, don't use the excuse, well, this is the way I was born. Well, no, that is maybe the way you're born. That may be the way your family raised you, but you can change if you want to. Uh, the next one is, is Paul tells us, Paul tells us two things here, is we are to work out our, you got to fill in the blanks, fill in the blanks here, work out our what? Anybody? Salvation. Salvation. With trembling and fear, how often? Daily. I will work out my salvation with trembling and fear daily. Uh, that means I'm going to get up and I'm going to get in the Word of God and I'm going to change until the image that God wants me in that His Word tells me. The excuse of that's the way I am, that's just going to be that way, has to die. That is when you died that way, when you got baptized, when you rose again with Christ. The second thing is, and this is what's real important, is where does the devil's workshop at? Does anybody know the devil has a workshop? Do you know where that's at, anybody, real quick? Where? Well, it's in the world, but on you and me, the devil has a place he likes to play. In your mind. In your mind. What you think you are is what you will become. 
What you think you are is you will become. The devil beats us down. The world, the worldly things beats us down. Watch TV. Watch the news. And what does it tell you? Get revenge. Don't let that go. And your rights have been violated. And all these things. All these things. But what does the Word of God say? Man, you know, if they require you to go a mile, do what? Go two miles. They slap you on the left cheek. Let them give them the other one. Do not return evil for evil because why? You just hand it over to me and I will take care of it. In fact, do you know what God says when somebody does evil to you? Do you know what you're supposed to do? Okay, I'm just not going to do nothing. I'm going to sit here. I'm I'm not going to hurt that person. I'm not going to do anything. God tells you to pray for that person to deliver them out of their situation. Pray for them that they will receive Christ and get forgiveness before God's wrath comes upon them. What, God? I want to see him struck down. I want him to try. Just think, you know, I think of Elijah. You know, Elijah could call fire down. I know I mentioned this one other sermon. Just think, we were driving down the highway. We're on I-75 headed to Atlanta. Let's say we're on the outskirts of Atlanta, 285, 675, or yeah, 275, 675. Rush hour traffic. And you had the power to call down fire to take out cars. How many cars would be smited? <laughs> it's lucky we don't have that power, right? It's just lucky we don't have that power. Right, go on. So I've lumped everything to get lumped people, and I know this is kind of just a generality, and I don't really like that, but I put three different kinds of people. Church people, that is. Three different kinds of people. The number one one is three basic people who call themselves Christians. Number one is the person that comes along and says, well, you know, I realize I need a Savior, da, da, da. And they come, they get baptized, but they never change their life. There's a, there's a story in the Bible about sower of the seeds that goes with this. They never changed their life. They only did it so in the day of redemption, they can open their drawer up on their way to heaven. Look, God, remember back in the 1978, I was baptized and so I'm good to go. Let me in. Those people need to read Matthew chapter 7, verse, starting at verse 20 and gone down. Uh, so we're not going to talk about them so much today. Uh, we're going to go along. Uh, the other two people I'd like to talk about is uh, I was, this thing, thing I was studying yesterday talked about the giddy Christian. And praise the Lord for these people. These are the people that accept Christ and life is normally good. We all have ups and downs. These are the people, the guy, the guy and shared with it. These are the people that break their leg. Oh, look, the Lord broke my leg. Praise be the Lord. I got to meet a new nurse. I got to meet the doctor. I got to share my faith. I was in the emergency room. Praise be to God. I broke my leg. All things work for the glory of God. Thank you for those people, but that's not me. You know what? But, but those are good people. I'm not, there's nothing, nothing wrong with those people. We need those people. But here's the category I follow, in, follow into, and, and most of the people I meet. We've accepted Jesus. We believe Jesus in our whole heart. We've been baptized. All that. We come to church and all that other things most of the time. And it seems that either nothing changes or it seems like sometimes things get worse. I look at this adage, I know people that, I know people with that, that, uh, that idiom where they sit there and say, when it rains, it pours. Some people are living in a constant flood. Some people kind of live in a constant flood. And, and they're struggling in life. They're struggling in life. And those are the main people that I want to talk about today. Because I think that's where the majority of the church is. 
uh, we're all struggling in life, are we not? Uh, there's a few that are, it's, it's all good, but most of us are struggling along. I used to teach overcomers class at another church, overcomers in AA. Uh, just a quick history there, created by the Methodists, by the way. Do uh, you know what the neat thing about AA is? And I don't want to call anybody out. I've never been an alcoholic, but you're all sure working on me, but I'm, I haven't ever been one yet. Uh, that's besides that point. Uh, Anybody, I hate to bring it up, but I don't want somebody to raise their hand, somebody else to think judge you or anything. Judging is another sermon. AA meeting. We've seen it on TV. We're we'll go on TV. We've seen it on TV. What do they say in AA meeting? Hey, my name is Larry, and, and I have been sober for one day, 10 years, whatever it is, right? But everybody claps. You could be there, you could be in the sober for 10, 20, 30, they give you a chip. You go there and say, I fell off the wagon. My name's Larry. I fell off the wagon. I got drunk last weekend, and I've been sober one day. Do you know what those people do? They hug you and love you and clap and, and, and accept you. Prison, prison ministry. Uh, Mike will tell you about this. Tammy does prison. I've done prison ministry. They know why you're there. Your name's on your shirt and usually what you've done. It might be in a code or a number, but everybody knows why you're there. Everybody in prison. So hide your sin is not there. Everybody, it's all exposed. And everybody, when your sin is really exposed like that, it's easier to get over it. One of the problems with the church is we're afraid to share our sin. I was with some bunch of people and I sat there and I said, just think, if church was mandatory, there's no getting out of coming to church. You've got to come to church. And when you walk in the door, your name flashed on the screen... And your sins was listed under all the sins you committed since last Sunday was listed under it. How would you change your life? All the bad thoughts you had, all the actions you did, showed up on the screen. You know, come in there and said, "Larry Hauser." I'll just pick on myself. I don't want to pick out somebody's name here. And you did. There were stones under some of the pews, so I'm not going to do that. Uh, so you did the following this week. You thought bad about this. You know, you looked at that girl wrong. You did this. You did that. You did boom, boom, boom. All the list goes on and goes along. How would it change our life? There is no hiding from God. The Word of God is there to change our life, to change our life. And, and, and so we've got to go along there. How do we get healed? And that's kind of the main thrust of this sermon. Is we need to be healed from the world, do we not? We need to be healed from the world. Now, I honestly believe, like AA or Overcomers, uh, Kairos Ministry, uh, real quick, I don't know if I said this here or not. Let me talk about Kairos real quick. I'm going to encourage you, talk to Mike or talk to somebody else about going to Kairos. One time, just go to prison one time. Uh, you'd be glad you never went to prison. All that about that they are eating, watching TV and eating all this good food, that's a lie. This time of year, they're running low on money. They're eating bologna sandwiches once or twice a day. That's about it. Am I right, Mike? Food is not good. Uh, food. I, I, we did a tour one time there with a chaplain. I was friends with one of the other chaplains here. I did a tour of the, of the facilities. They had boxes of meat in the freezer. Great D. D as in dog. Not suitable for human consumption. So that's what your prisoners are eating. Uh, before you think that they're having an easy life, and I'm not giving them any say we need to be nicer on them or anything else. I'm just telling you the facts right there, real quick. But I honestly believe that God gives us credit for trying. If you, if you don't get it all fixed in this life and you die, salvation is complete. 
Uh, you, you go on into salvation so that you can feed. And, and so, but what I find out in this last time Christians are talking about, what I find out is that so many times uh, go along, and this is, I don't go to bars, so I don't think I've done that, but I have been around people that have been to church, and their normal place they go to now is a bar or something else. Motorcycle crowds full of these people. And you ask them, why don't you go to church? Most of them have been to church. They didn't find what they were looking for in church. And, and, they, and they got defeated. They got defeated. They were going along. They were looking for healing. They were looking for salvation. They were looking for this. And they got defeated. They're great people. They believe in 100% in the Lord Jesus. But they got defeated. And I was going along and was studying that because I have been defeated myself. Who here, you don't have to raise your hand, you know, who here has been in habitual sin and you cannot seem to get out of it? It could be anger. It could be cussing. It could be overeating. It could be undereating. You know, I don't have that problem. But it could be, uh, it could be something else. It could be something else. We, we're always looking at, you know, alcohol, drugs, sex, and these big things. It could be a little thing. It could be a hatred, unforgiveness. It could be something else that nobody knows about. But you're in that sin. You know you're in that sin and you feel bad about yourself. And you finally just give up and say, I'm done. God, I guess it's just the way it's going to be. You know why that is? You know why you were defeated? Because you were justified by Jesus Christ. We're working on sanctification. That's being, being like Jesus Christ. Being active and, and acting like Jesus Christ in this world. Moving on to perfection, we call it in the Methodist Church. You know why it is? You were trying to do sanctification by yourself. You were trying to do sanctification by yourself. Uh, and so on this is God gives us credit. So number one, when you're, when you're in this situation here, number one, 1 John chapter tells, 1 John chapter 1 verse 9 says, confess and forgive all sins. Confess your sins. Confess them. Here's a neat thing about God. You sit there and you come to the, the altar rail and you confess your sins and you get up and 10 minutes after you get out of church, you're back in the same sin and then you hate yourself for it. Anybody else been there besides me? You hate yourself for it and, and you're going along and God, I just know I'm the most wretched person that you, that you got to deal with and God's looking at you like, what? Because he has already forgiven your sins as far as the east is from the west. When you earnestly in your heart confess and forgive and you know in your mind that I'm going to try to do better, your sins are forgiven. He paid that price on Calvary and don't let it go along there. Uh, don't go along there. So first John, confess your sins. How many times can we get forgiveness of sins? Matthew chapter 18 verses 21, 22 says 70 times 70. You'd have to understand, uh, you'd have to understand uh, Jewish numbers there, but really all that means is unlimited. God's love is unlimited for you and me. It's unlimited amount of times if we earnestly come to the throne of grace and say, God, I have messed up again. You don't even have to say again, God, I have messed up. I used to have a professor in seminary, he's Bob Tuttle, he said, keep the sin list short. Know when you have messed up. Confess those sins and move forward. Move forward. Uh, ask forgiveness. Ask for forgiveness and get it over with. And when you go along, stop living in emotions. Emotions are bad in my book. Not always, but we're going along here. Stop living in emotions. Man, you know what? I, I just feel like a sluggard. I feel like, you know, I cannot get over this sin. Let me tell you who's doing that to you. It's the devil. And if somebody is in your life that keeps kicking you, kids, where's my young people? There we are, Wes. There we go. Remember this with mom and dad real quick. Remember this one. 
Boys, son, have you ever heard this lesson? Son, that's the 15th thing I gotta keep telling you to do. Clean the room, wash the car, drive the car, and have to go on. Just sit there. This is the answer back. The rest of you just don't listen. I'm just talking to Wes. Here's the answer back. Maybe not. Have you lived in the house? Maybe not great. Right. Well, I'm sure glad you're not God because God has forgiven me of that sin. You might want to be careful with that. Husbands, great thing with your wife. Uh, my, my, my favorite thing is, which I don't say it anymore because I got my jaw replaced a while back. Uh, Y'all think the side's messed up. That's really Tammy's hit me hard. Uh, but so on that is, it's got, you know, Jesus loves you and so do I. That works well too. Now, never mind. We'll have marriage class later. But so going along with that, when, when we ask for forgiveness of our sins, here's the most important. Don't get defeated. Know that the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ has already paid the price for that sin. It's already paid for. And so therefore, when you honestly, earnestly confess your sin and move on, let it be behind you. Those who keep dragging you back into the same thing. Oh, you know what you did? 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 You know what? Look at them and say, Satan, get behind me. Because that's Satan trying to use somebody else to drag you down. Don't let those people drag you down. You know that the Word of God says you're the child of God. Pick you up. You need people in your life. I need people in my life that will encourage you. Yeah, I know you're going through the struggle right now. And I know it's a hard time for you. But brother or sister, let me pray with you. Let me stand alongside you and pray with you. And we will get through this together. We will get through this together. You know what? We, we, need, to, we need those people in there. Go along. So number one, know that you're not defeated. You're defeated when you're going along. John chapter 15 verse 5 says, You can do nothing. Apart from me, this is the, the vine thing. You're the vine, I'm the vine, and you're the one <clears throat> branch, and we're all grafted together. <coughs> Excuse me. But the main part I want to get out of that, Jesus says to us, you can do nothing apart from me. Most of us are dealing with our problems. We've got marriage, finances, kids, addictions. We're trying to fix the problem on our own. Stop it. Stop it. And join Jesus because he has the answer. He has already made the way. He's already made the way. Um, Philippians uh, 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ Jesus. And so here's my, first, my last piece of advice for you as we get ready to, to close up here. Uh, number one, if you're, if you're struggling with something right now, if you're not, you will. Uh, I don't know anybody in life that doesn't stop, that doesn't have struggles in their life. Stop fighting. Stop fighting. Bob Newhart. Who remembers Bob Newhart? There's a comedy scene. I love Bob Newhart. We used to watch him all the time as a kid. That shows my age. And, and, and there's a comedy scene goes along, and this lady comes in, this lady comes in, and she says, I have a fear of being buried alive. And Bob looks at her, and he says, all right. He says, uh, do you know anybody that's going to bury you alive? Are you being threatened? Nope, 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 nope. He says, so you have this fear, but there's no, nothing coming down. Nope, 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 okay. He says, I got a piece of advice for you. And she's all sitting there, and she gets out a pen, and she gets her paper. I know this is, you know, the way they go on in comedy. She's, okay, tell me. He's, oh, you don't need this. You can remember this. Stop it! <laughs> and she's like, what? And Bob yells it again. Stop beating yourself up. 
Because we are the child of God. We are overcomers. Christ has already paid that price. We don't have to worry about it. So number one, stop. If you need to, Psalm 46, 10, stop, be still, and know that God is God. Stop, know that I am the Lord. Stop. Stop, don't worry about it so much. Remember you are the child of God. God wants you healed. He wants me healed. He wants the church healed. Let go and let God. You know, in baseball, real quick, I just did a fly run, by the way. Now we're going to land. Uh, there's a fly run there. But in baseball, I use baseball as an example, but a football is also there. Uh, baseball, I like that better. When the professional baseball, you ever watch professional baseball? And they, the shortstop or the third baseman, and they start missing the ball quite a bit, and they're losing games. And they're interviewing the coach on TV, and they said, I said, what are you going to do? What is most, does anybody know here real quick what most coaches will say? We're going to get back to the basics. And the coach will go out there. It seems like Little League Baseball. The coach will go out there with the bat, and he'll stand out there with the pitcher's mat, and he'll just start hitting balls to the shortstop or the third baseman, second baseman, or the fly balls to the outfielders until they get the basics back. You need two hands. You need to block the ball. You need to do this, this. Because many times we get lazy, and we start doing things. We start developing bad habits. So the number one thing there is when we're in our difficult situation, stop. Let's go back to the basics. What is the basics? Number one. You cannot live your life successfully as a Christian without being in His Word. You need to be in the Word. And let me just say this. You need to be in the Word personally, and you need to be in the Word corporately. I enjoy my times in Bible study, whether it's with the church, or i got some other people I do Bible study with. I enjoy that time together because I learn so much from other people. So you've got to be personally and corporately. Number two, which is all really number one, uh, because they all go together, prayer. That's right. Did you hear her? She said prayer. Uh, or stop, one or the other. I'm, <laughs> we're hungry. We're ready to move on. And, and so number two is prayer. Be in prayer. You know what? We live in a great society today. You're dealing with anger, let's say. Type in Google scripture on anger. You can put scripture on drug addiction, alcohol addiction, uh, whatever you're dealing with, forgiveness. And you can get all the Bible verses for that. Start memorizing those Bible verses so when the thoughts, the devil brings a thought to the head, you can quote the Bible verse. Bad thought, good thought. Good thought. That's the whole thing there. I won't go into much detail about that. So be in prayer. Number three, stop living in the feelings of doubt. Stop living in the emotions. Start living by the Word of God. If you will do those three things, you will change your life. And the fourth Find somebody that you can be an encourager to. Somebody, you should already, the back two, you should already had an accountability partner. Uh, but find somebody that you can be an encourager to. Somebody else that needs help. And when you walk together with the Lord, you will feel your both selves rise up and be with the children of God. Let us pray. Dear Lord, our Heavenly Father, Lord, we just humble ourselves as we come. Lord, the devil is playing in our minds. Lord, let us defeat him by your word by your, your actions, your feelings. Let us help one another, encourage one another. And Lord, let us come. So next week when we come, we would just be knowing that you are in our life all this week. Lord, we ask you this. Amen.